I'm Michelle White, bringing you eight years of clinical experience in gut-focused therapy. Thanks for joining me on Happy Inside, the podcast where we talk about the behavioural and psychological aspects of gut disorders. Everything that no one else is talking to you about is happening here. We're delving into this habit of asking ourselves recurring questions about our gut symptoms. And last week, we came to see that if you continue to ask yourself the same question without answering it, you in fact create a state of malaise and anxiety or even panic by letting it just float around there. So there's a second big recurring question that I know you've been asking yourself too. Why can't I stop my gut symptoms? Why won't they go away? And this answer may surprise you too, so stay with me. Now it's no mistake that over 90% of my gut clients have pronounced anxiety either as their emotional and psychological state prior to developing gut symptoms or... They've developed anxious thinking since. Now, anxiety is simply an anticipation of a future event. It's moving out of the now and into an unknown future. Pretty scary. But now is where we want to be. Plus, there's less questions in the now if we're doing the present moment for real. Clients come to me not usually when symptoms have just begun, but years later after they've worsened because they've been through other interventions along the way. Now, I became curious about why clients' symptoms were in fact becoming pronounced. And after a number of years in private practice, I began to see the patterns of behavior that were keeping these symptoms alive or exacerbating them. In fact, when I look back, I recognize these behaviors in myself a decade before when I too was quite ill with gut symptoms. So let's look at the average medical care that happens in Australia at least under the Medicare system. When your gut symptoms become bad enough, Your first point of call is the GP. They do an examination of sorts with maybe some blood tests and then they often refer you to a gastroenterologist for further investigation. You then undergo a colonoscopy to rule out any organic disease and most frequently nothing's found. So you're either prescribed some medication to mask those symptoms or you're referred back to your GP or to a dietitian with a diagnosis of IBS. A disappointment is beginning to set in because there's no answer yet regarding the cause of your symptoms or the reason why they're still getting worse. So now you jump on the slippery slide of elimination diets, this trial and error. You're keeping a food diary and becoming more hypervigilant and suspicious about each food group. And more disappointment sets in as your food choices reduce along with your social life. Now, having minimal food choices is okay if you're Gwyneth Paltrow and you don't mind a meal of just three chickpeas in a clear broth or your vegetables being separated on the plate, but you're not her. 
You want a life that's full and a life that's connected and one where you can come together with family and friends and eat just like they do. I get it. And you're hoping for the final answer here. Maybe it's a food. Maybe you never have to eat kale again. And by some miracle, now that you've ruled that out, your symptoms have completely vanished and you can get back to living your life. Bum, bum. You're feeling even more disappointed. You're upset, frustrated, angry and discouraged. And guess what's happened at the same time? Your symptoms are worse because of your emotional state. Psychologically and emotionally, what's actually happened is this. Between the doctor and the specialist, you didn't find a cause, only a diagnosis of IBS or something equally complex, which is simply a set of symptoms. Meanwhile, you've had all this time off work for tests and are forking out the dollars to pay for it. The disappointment and stress of it all is getting to you because you have such high hopes of overcoming these symptoms, of getting an answer and returning to a full life. You don't tell many people about it given the nature of the topic, so you're feeling lonely and lost because your life is becoming smaller and smaller. Then your hopes temporarily rise again as you pursue the dietary angle, only to feel the pinch of it when cooking becomes complicated, not to mention going out for meals or to other people's homes with your list of can't-haves. The stress of it all is just getting worse, but you don't know what to do. You can't stop, so you just keep at it. And you even start searching for another practitioner or clinic or modality. You don't know who to trust anymore. Your Googling is out of control, and you're so far removed from yourself that you can't even feel both your feet on the ground. By now, your symptoms are worse than ever, because not surprisingly, your stress and anxiety levels are through the roof. That is why your symptoms are getting worse. I've seen it time and time again, and I work clients through it just as often. you got to get off that ride. That's the very first step. Slow down, get off, and reassess. As a therapist, my job is to bring you home to yourself. It is never my job to make you reliant or dependent on me, ever. Now this may happen organically as part of the therapeutic relationship because it's a safe place for you where you're seen and heard and are healing. But ultimately, when I work to bring you home to yourself over and over, you begin to feel steadier, more solid, more grounded. You realize your body is not your enemy, that it's okay to be with. It's even okay to like and appreciate. Then you begin to trust in yourself. And there's a point where you realize, hang on, all the answers I need are right here within me. You just needed someone to point you back there. Society has this ingrained concept of grasping outwards, of seeking every answer out there. There's benefit to engaging a specialist in whatever your needs are, but never at the expense of losing yourself. Next week, we'll spend more time on this concept of external grasping. 
Right now, though, don't just ask yourself these questions. Answer them. How close or far away do I feel from myself? How much do I trust in my body and myself? What do I need to do to come home to myself? I'm Michelle White. Thanks for listening. We live in an age where we make choices based on ratings and reviews. So if you like this podcast, please tell me and other potential listeners by leaving a review. Those puppies matter and it's one of the best ways you can show your support. You can also follow Happy Inside on Facebook and Instagram and sign up to the newsletter on the Happy Inside website. And if one-on-one support is right up your alley, then the Happy Inside program is for you in the Sydney Clinic or through online consultations. There's also the Happy Inside iPhone app, a component of the full program in case you don't have access. And if you already own the app, remember, those reviews matter. All these details can be found at happyinside.com.au. Happiness starts on the inside. So join me on the next episode for all those conversations that foster a happy inside.